Hey, Laura. Hey, Lizzie. The Lord be with you. And also with you. (laughs) (laughs) Friends, I'm the Reverend Lizzie McManus-Dale. And I'm the Reverend Laura DePampolo. Welcome to And Also With You, a new podcast on reclaiming an ancient Christian faith for modern Christian life. Oh my gosh, we're doing a podcast to talk about liturgy and an ancient Christian faith for modern Christian life. This has been a dream for a long time and it's here. It's really exciting to be recording this with you after several setbacks. Several setbacks. Our determination remains strong. Yes, and here we are. And thank you everyone for joining us on this new journey, this new venture, this new ministry, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we've been feeling the love. It's really encouraging and kind and um, we're excited that y'all are excited. It's just really affirming. So so we're calling this podcast and also with you. Lizzie, why did we pick this name? Yeah. So I think two things. One, it's a pretty recognizable phrase in a lot of liturgical churches, in the Episcopal Church, of which we are both a part, but not exclusive to the Episcopal Church by any means. But it's also sort of secondly, and I think more importantly, kind of a deliberate reclamation, which is a lot of what we're doing in this podcast. You know, it's sort of a a buzzword right now to talk about deconstruction or people walking away from faith or walking away from Christianity, religion, spirituality, faith as it was handed to them, presented to us, because I am someone who also deconstructed, as are you, Mm -hmm. presented to us so that the church was not with or for us, not with or for you. It was only with or for people who adhered to a certain kind of standards or a certain quote-unquote lifestyle or, you know, just a certain specific sort of narrow view. And we really deeply believe and have made vows committed to the church as two Episcopal priests to say, the church is also with you. The church is also for you and for God. And so that's what we want to do is like, this is a a podcast that's pretty firmly rooted in believing in the capacity of the church, even though we know, y'all, we have a front row seat. We have a front row seat to how frustrating (laughs) and wild and difficult it can be to love the church and be loved by the church. But we also really believe that God, deepest, first and foremost, even beyond the church, is with and for us. And so that's why this podcast is called And Also With You. And Also With You. And I think, you know, you shared we are both Episcopal priests, and I think that's an important part of who we are and what our ministries are about. But we're hoping that this podcast will reach people from all different backgrounds, right? We're speaking from one denominational perspective, but both of us have kind of diverse church and no church backgrounds where we have been in many other settings that have led us to the one we're in now. And so I think we both do a pretty good job at speaking to the diverse experiences that we see in the church. Obviously, we don't know everything about everything, but we we're not raised Episcopalian, so in some ways, you know, we can speak to many other perspectives and beliefs in the church. And so we hope that people who are not Episcopalian will join us for this journey as well. Yeah. And it's actually um, when we were sort of dreaming and scheming about what this could be, I was thinking about my first Sunday in an Episcopal church, which I actually am pretty sure I'd been to Episcopal churches like intermittently growing up. But um mm-hmm. 
the moment I knew that I wanted to be a part of this tradition as it is interconnected to other Christian denominations and traditions was when I went to All Saints Episcopal Church in South Hadley, which is where I went to school. I went to Mount Holyoke and I grew up, I'm a pastor's daughter. My mother's a Methodist pastor. And I was really like ready when I started college to not go to church anymore. And like lulls that lasted like two weeks. I am super fan of church, <laughs> even in my most frustrated and hurt chapters with the church. And um, I just remember walking into this gorgeous little Episcopal church. I had no idea what the word Episcopal meant. And the priest who's still there, Reverend Tanya, is a, a queer woman. And she didn't talk about that in her sermon, but she like very like nonchalantly introduced me to her wife after the service, which was really powerful. But mm. the moment I most remember being like, like genuinely a transcendent moment for me was when she stood up and said, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And we all respond and also with you, which I had said in both of the like primary other denominations I've been a part of, mm -hmm. but like everybody in that passing of the peace came up and greeted me in this tiny mm -hmm. little church. Cause they all saw that I was like a new college student. And it was just like a vision that I come back to. It was a, it's a moment that I still come back to of like, this is the best of what it can be. Yeah. Of like, this is what it looks like, feels like means to have the peace of the Lord be with you and also with you. Yeah. And so that's kind of the spirit we're hoping to channel in this is, is the best of the church while, you know, shrewd as serpent, gentle as a dove vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And so we come to this podcast with very similar kind of stories. I mean, I think we should share if you didn't find us through, if you don't know us in person and aren't one of our awesome friends just along for the I ride. mean, I don't actually know you in person, Laura. For all I know, you yeah. could be an AI-generated bot, like a you very know? clever AI-generated bot. Yeah. But we've never actually met in person. I am uh, – I don't know. And Jeffrey Bezos is is made this AI Episcopal priest. No, yeah, we've never met in person, which is it feels so like millennial priest to so have so. your friend be someone you haven't met in person, or just maybe this is the the age we're in. But yeah, we actually connected on TikTok of all places. Oh my gosh, we were both making videos. Early in the pandemic, so I have you were making videos before me because I was watching yours and was like, "Oh my god, she's so cool!" Like, I want to be her, I, I want to be friends with her. Yeah, and I never like, I don't know, I just never had a desire to make videos like that. But I had a friend from seminary who was making videos, and I was like, "Well, if she's making videos, I'm going to start making videos." The Reverend Carrie Olson, shout out to Carrie, and I was like, "I'm going to give this a go," and it was just fun. It was just fun. It was in the pandemic when, you know, we weren't really meeting with our congregate early in the pandemic when we weren't meeting together and, you know, a lot of programming and things had shifted or changed and it felt like our time and our schedules were rearranged. So I started making TikTok videos, just sharing about my life and my faith. And, and, you know, quickly I found a lot of other progressive, so to speak, Christian ministers and also non-Christians, you know, For really sure, yeah. progressive clergy, I mm -hmm. think is the term. Some we, real dope we, rabbis. Yeah. The terms that we came to use for our little ragtag team. And so then, yeah, I found you through kind of 
the progressive clergy lens. And I think both of us create videos and content with a similar heart. Yeah. I mean, we were literally just saying before this, like one of the rules that I have for myself when I'm making content, including content that's like a little sassy, because like, you know, I am not a native Texan, even though I do serve in Austin, Texas, but I am a native Southerner. So, you know, there's no sweet tea that doesn't come without a dollop of sass. But uh, as I'm like, would this pass the Dolly Parton test? <laughs> Does this have a truth to it, a verve to it? But is it also still something rooted in generosity and love and kindness? And yeah, I think I really genuinely, Laura, admire that about you now and admired it about you then. And when I was starting to think about making content for the internet, because I was ordained in June 2020, which was a desperately terrifying time in the world. Mm. I was ordained like two weeks after George Floyd was murdered. And so mm. we drove across the country because I'm ordained out of the Diocese of North Carolina. And we had to get back for me to be ordained there, like long, complicated story. But so we were driving through all these like boarded up downtowns. And in my ordination service, there were like 12 of us in the building and we could hear the protests outside. And like, it was a terrifying shakedown time that like a lot of truth was being told and a lot was coming to the surface. And there was also just a lot of anxiety and sorrow. And it felt like it always feels kind of urgent to speak words of love and of God's mercy and of God's mm -hmm. justice. But I just thought you were like threading that needle really beautifully. And I remember really, really admiring how you did it. And I was like, mm. not to sound like Machiavellian or whatever, but I was a little bit strategic when I was like thinking about, okay, I want to start making content. Like, I think this is a thing I want to do, especially also because I was ordained a priest or ordained a deacon rather, and was like doing deacon things on Zoom. Like it felt like I was playing dress up and I had right. spent years, like the ordination process takes years. So like, I didn't get to do an in-person service with other people there for months. And when we did do it, it was outside wearing masks, separated by like, you know, six feet at all times, which is like good, safe protocols, right? But it was just like, it was so sad. Yeah. And so part of why I started making videos was to like nurture and tend to my own sadness because it was yes. such a terrible time and it felt so sad. So anyway, I just like, like very genuinely, I have always admired the heart that you bring. And also the like, I think you have such a, a humor, like the video that's like, what was that trend called where it was like this way or that way? And you like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like one of your most viral like, videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like how you spun off camera in your gorgeous vestments in your big, gorgeous, fancy church. I was like, yes, this is someone who like has a sense of humor and has a sense of joy and reverence all at the same time. So, oh, wow. You're just the best. That was we didn't plan for you to say that. So thank you. I surprised you. <laughs> in, our, in our show notes. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. And no, I mean, Lizzie, I really appreciate the way that you make your faith public, you know, being clergy, like part of our job is to be public displays of, you know, what it, what it means to be a Christian, what it looks like to be a Christian. And so I just admire the way that you have shared your faith with all of us and invited us along to, celebrate that. And, and it's flourished into a beautiful church plan. And it's really been fun to watch that just succeed and grow in your ministry and, and vocation. And I think both of us have that spirit of, I'm going to pull out a bad word in the first episode. So I'm ready for it. It's the E word evangelism. <laughs> no. Oh no. Ashes. We everyone, of teeth. <laughs> everyone just turned off the episode. But no, I do think evangelism fuels a lot of what we do. And we will talk about that 
in the future in many, many episodes, because a lot of you have told us that's something you want to hear us talk about. But yeah. this idea of sharing God's like everything, God's grace, God's mm. goodness, God's love. Like to me, that's evangelism. Yes. Sharing who I know Jesus to be the fact that, you know, he loves and saves and, you know, overcomes all that good stuff we will get into, but that's what we want to share with other people. And so I think both of us turned to social media as a new way to do that. Maybe when we were feeling like our parish ministries were not looking the way we thought they would because nothing looked the way we thought it nothing would. Nothing did. No one planned for the pandemic. And so to take a step back from this conversation, I said that Lizzie and I are very similar, but we're also very different. So that that's kind of fun. But we're both parish priests, kind of in the opposite type of church. Very much so, yeah. I am in you know, a large established church with multiple clergy. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, St. Paul's, Mount Lebanon. Whoop, whoop. And Lizzie's kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I meet. Well, first of all, before I share, just thank you for those kind words, Laura. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, what a dirty, gorgeous word evangelism to say. You know, which literally means sharing the good news. And I'm going to save, I have lots of like thoughts on evangel, but I will save this for a future episode. So a little mm -hmm. teaser, but uh, where I serve. So I serve, I am the vicar, the founding planter of Jubilee Episcopal Church. Jubilee is kind of an interesting name. There are no other Episcopal churches named Jubilee. Usually Episcopal churches are named for saints or feast days. We don't meet in a big old fancy place at all. We meet in a strip mall in Lake Creek Square in a space that was a dance studio. Actually, it was a, a community theater most recently for like a year. And then prior to that, it was a dance studio for about a decade. Prior to that, it was a gymboree. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful light-filled space between a dentist office and a martial arts studio. So sometimes in the middle of Sunday morning worship, when they have their classes, you hear a wrestling <laughs> 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 matches next door. But we also have all of like our altar was gifted to us as a repurposed altar from uh, another Episcopal church. We have all of these like literal candlesticks and pews and communion set and a pulpit that are all mm -hmm. from churches that have closed actually within the last like three years. And it's actually four key churches within a like 15 mile radius, all of their, not all of their stuff that's gone to like different, but, but a lot of it has come to Jubilee. And so we are literally an old made new congregation in many, many ways. And we are getting ready to celebrate our first birthday. Like as we're recording this on August 13th, we're having our second annual pride Eucharist. And so we're small, like there's all this really cool, fun stuff. That's very innovative and like new about Jubilee, but it's also very traditional and that I am mm -hmm. The only full-time staff person, even though I have tremendous, tremendously gifted, tremendously generous with their time, like unbelievable part-time staff, but I'm the only full-time clergy and like, I'm still kind of like us, like Austin's not a small town, but like we're up here in the corner in the burbs and I'm still kind of like a small town priest. So in that way, it's like very different and also very not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's less traditional church setting, then maybe if you're Episcopalian and listening, it, it's probably yeah. quite different than your church. But, you know, a lot of the stuff we do is the same. You know, we're still talking about weddings and funerals and baptisms and confirmation. You know, a, a lot of our churches have a lot in common. So it's kind of a fun little balance that we have going here. Yeah. And I think it's actually interesting to have that sort of diversity of experience reflected here because like, no church is a monolith. And I think a lot of the things that we are often tempted to think, I think every single person in every single church, whatever denomination, whatever like 
culture of the church, whatever sort of theological, political affiliation, everyone's always tempted to think that all church is like that church, mm. you know, the church you grew up in yes. or the church you worship at. And that's just not true. Like, I mean, in, in one very deep way it is, right? Like it, it, we are all the capital C church. Like even when we vehemently, violently disagree, what we hold in common is actually more than I think mm-hmm. what divides us. But yeah, it's like there's the sort of like nuances, the like specific cultural inflections, the everyday life. Like I spent, mm-hmm. I have this week alone, I have blown up a balloon arch. I have polished brass. I have done parish visits. Like I've visited different mm-hmm. people in my congregation who are sick or who are thinking about getting baptized, written a sermon, like, mm-hmm. but also like church plant world. I've also had to like, <laughs> like scrub toilets and fight over parking spots and got an email yeah. from the shopping complex that said, please stop throwing your raw meat out in the dumpster. <laughs> Are you throwing your raw meat out it's, in the dumpster? It's all my fault. It's all How dare you? Just- How dare you? <laughs> what a wild time to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think our differences and experiences help show some of the diversity in the church and yeah, there's definitely stereotypes about the Episcopal Church, but I don't think either one of us really serve at a church that fills all of them, or or at least I think we both serve at churches that try to challenge those or don't feel so married to tradition in all of the senses that we often think about it. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, And, you know, I think it's important for us also to add that, firstly, we are parish priests. Yes. Speak it. Yeah, we are... This is my working draft. This is how I like to say this is not Mm -hmm. the polished, perfect final product. Are we ever a perfect, polished final product? Mm, Probably when we're dying or in heaven. (laughs) The working draft that I'm going with now is the way that I, we, but I'll speak for myself, exist online on Instagram, TikTok, and here on this podcast and other future published endeavors is that I am a priest. I've been ordained as a priest. And part of our ordination, our consecration is like to serve the world and to be like part of why we wear clergy collars in public. I wear my clergy collar to Trader Joe's. Literally, I don't know why Trader Joe's more than any other grocery store, but I have the most conversations there. But like, it's to be a priest in the world. And, and that's part of our office. It's part of our calling, but we are not necessarily your priests because part of a deep belief in Christianity and certainly in the Episcopal Church and our sacraments is an emphasis on incarnation, which is a word that means like in person, like Jesus as the incarnate God is God who is fully human and fully divine, has a human flesh. It's not a costume. He's not a veneer of human, like fully a human being. And that is reflective in our theology in that you know, you kind of got to be in the room. You got to taste it, touch it, smell it, see it, be somatically interconnected with the other people in the space to have the full experience of worship. That's why we don't do like virtual communion, even though like respect for other traditions for whom that is their theology. But, and yet we are unafraid, or maybe we are afraid, but we're doing it anyway, of the 21st century and experiencing and experimenting with ministry online. And we think it's really, this feels really important, right? A huge part of why we're doing this podcast is we know that there are people who are deconstructing or who have questions about faith or who are looking for resources, looking for conversation partners in places where they don't necessarily have conversation partners and where they just want more connection, more conversation. And we realized that we would be sort of burying our talent, hiding our light under a bushel if we weren't utilizing the sort of communication 
revolution that's happening with the internet. So we are sort of new. We're not the first. We're the only ones by any means. But we are newly navigating what it means to be priests in this public internet sphere. And so you, beloveds, like you deserve a priest who can be with you in the incarnate moments of your life when you're sick in the Mm. hospital and you need to be anointed. Yes. When you are getting married, when you die or when people you love die. And and I say this, like there are people, Jubilee is like a really gorgeous place for lots of reasons, but we have grown... I think it was originally 100% social media. I think it's more now like 75%. And I think it's eventually going to even out to be about 50% because of social media bringing people in. So like there is the possibility and certainly you can come to Jubilee or to St. Paul's and we could be your priests and maybe you're listening because we are your priests, but we just want to like name and honor that we may be some voices in your life, but we cannot necessarily be the fullness of your priest to you. And it is a gift and a privilege and an honoring that you are engaging with us in this way. How does that sound, Laura? No, I think that's beautifully stated. And I think actually our desire to minister or serve all of these people that we've met online is what has driven us to make this podcast. So, you know, Lizzie and I, I love TikTok. Okay. I think it is like, I don't know. I so mean, creative it's and kooky. definitely rotting my brain, like no question, but <laughs> I don't like, I'm okay with that. Like, that's fine. You know, I, the joy it brings me worth it. And so I think people are so funny and we have reached so many interesting people and a lot of them have reached out and we don't respond. So I cannot respond to, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to sound so self-important, like I get so many messages, but I just, I can't respond to messages. And when people if reach I out and have- all day, I still couldn't. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. And we couldn't for many reasons, but among many of them, you know, it's just not our primary job. Our, our jobs, our commitment to give pastoral care is really at our parishes, but we were noticing trends in what people were asking. And so we have made videos and Instagram posts and whatever. We've made stuff to speak to some of those trends. And part of our desire to make this podcast was like, we want to go deeper. Like Mm -hmm. your questions are so important. They are so rich. They are so deep. Like they're just so moving, honestly, to read. And We just don't have the ability to speak to all of them. And so we hope that by creating this podcast, this resource, we will start to speak to some of those questions. And like Lizzie said, we're definitely not the only people doing this, but you were coming to us with some questions and we want to engage in those conversations. And so we're making this podcast hopefully as as a container for some of those wonderings and so that we can speak to them We can speak to all of them and we can do this together. And I think with that, we're going to bring in some other experts, some other friends to reflect also the greater diversity of not only the Episcopal Church, but other voices in Mm -hmm. Christianity Mm -hmm. writ large um, who have more wisdom to speak to, like people who we text, we call, we reach out to when we're like, hey, someone asked this and we're not sure. We're thinking through this ourselves. So we're excited to introduce you to some of our community and our friends. But also, I think we know that there's kind of a gap. There's not necessarily a ton of resources out there. Like there's, this is an emerging movement, right? We are truly a la Phyllis Tickle and the great emergence and the arguments that we are in like 500 years post quote unquote Protestant Reformation. We're in another Reformation. So there's lots and lots of resources out there. 
But there also aren't a lot that I think hold these sort of dual commitments of like, yeah, we're in and of the church. Like that is our first like professional priority. Yeah. And we're not afraid, like we're we're not so we're deeply yoked to the church. And actually because we love her, because it's not our theology that priests get married to the church, but I joke that it is because I'm a former Catholic and I think it's funny. <laughs> but like in my marriage, I'm real honest with my husband when I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I think having that space of honesty is, it's a gift to me. I hope it's a gift to y'all. Yeah, exactly. And I think that just inviting people along to to wonder about faith in a way where I'm going to use some terms that we hear used a lot. So if this means something to you, great. If not, stick around. We'll we'll talk about it in, in future episodes. But deconstructing is, is a big, big thing right now. People kind of evaluating the Christianity that maybe they grew up with and deciding, you know, what is the truth or what, you know, it's it's a big thing. It's a messy web. And there's a lot of people doing that. And we have deconstructed. And I think it's a long journey and a long process. But I don't really identify as someone who is deconstructing anymore because I have reconstructed. I'm more focused on what I do believe in at this stage in my life than defining what I don't believe in anymore. And so I honor all of that. I honor all of those journeys that wherever you find yourself on, like, I hope you will join us for these discussions. But I have found there to be so much on deconstructing and not so much on what we might call reconstructing or, you know, what does it look like after you've decided what you don't want to believe, how do you start to rebuild and yeah. figure out what it looks like to be faithful in the church given that history? Yeah. To be faithful is not necessarily to be 100% certain Absolutely. or to be unwavering loyalty without question, right? Like obedience to God is not about having no agency or free will or capacity mm-hmm. to doubt or yell or ask questions or be furious, right? Like, And so- Yeah, I'm with you, Laura. Like, I think there are still sort of scales that fall off my eyes. There are still times of great disillusionment and deconstruction. And like, and I certainly feel some own internal dismantling always around things like internalized racism, internalized Mm -hmm. misogyny, internalized queer phobia, right? Yeah. But I don't necessarily see myself as like forever in the ripping that out phase. I see that in the, the sort of practice of like, the way we confess our sins every week and every day, if you do the daily office, like it, part of the life of faith is like, man, this is messy. And like, God is with me in it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I have this thing hacked. Doesn't mean you have this thing hacked. Doesn't mean we all have this thing. Right. But like, but we're going to, we're going to dive deep into what it means to walk this way together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully with some Humility and joy and willingness to be open to all the possibilities and fun and joy because church isn't all serious. You can be reverent and still have a good time. Exactly. (laughs) Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine, which doesn't mean that you like have to drink wine, but like, come on. Love to He liked to party. He He liked to party. And his mama is the one who was like, sweetheart, come on. (laughs) I know that you can turn this up, please. (laughs) Yeah. No. And yeah. So, I mean, that's all just a little taste of how we got here and where we're going. I mean, I don't think we fully know where we want to go with this. I think we're both really open to letting it kind of grow organically and and seeing where it leads and where God leads and where where all of you lead. So 
just want to thank you again for being along for the ride with us for being here. Yeah. And if you feel so led, (laughs) if you forgive the phrase, this podcast is entirely listener and supporter sponsored. And it costs money to make a podcast of a certain caliber. So we have a fantastic editor. We love you, Luke. So if you feel like supporting us on Patreon, we'd be very grateful. There's like three different levels that you can give at. And there's some cool perks if you are a Patreon supporter, all of which is available on our website uh, or on our Patreon specifically. But we're thankful for anything you can offer. And we're also just like really grateful for the time you've given to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we were able to record this first season thanks to the generosity of some of our friends and colleagues. Who Y'all the best. Yeah, for real. Thank you. And we are hoping to make a more long-term thing through the support of Patreon and all of your support. So thank you all for being here. Um, we are just so excited. We have so many ideas and plans and schemes for the upcoming season. And so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime... Thanks for being here and the peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs>